It's Monday, August 28th, 2017, and you are listening to episode 74 of Roll Up and Die. Yeah. <laughs> Communications disruption can only mean one thing. Invasion. <laughs> can only mean one thing. I I love that line because I just want someone to say, or like our comms could be down. Dude. Like, why <laughs> yeah. is that the only thing it could possibly mean? Like, like there's a guy, million and one, one back, things yeah. it could be. I think, like I think cell signal? Connection yeah. Back here. Shut up. It's an invasion. <laughs> uh, it's an invasion. Maybe, maybe, we like, should, this, maybe we should check the connection. <laughs> This whole thing is an inside job. Like you all know that, right? It's all the, na- the Naboo thing was an inside job. Yeah. Oh, oh I know. Oh, yeah. The Naboo thing. <laughs> That's what. Pe- I'm sorry. That's what people call it. That's right. They don't call yeah. it like the Naboo. Bl- the that Naboo the, thing the, was an inside Naboo. job. That Naboo thing. Yeah. Naboo thing was an inside job. Naboo thing was an inside job. Is is chanted around rallies throughout the galaxy. Uh, that's how that's how you know we're dry on banter. It, yeah. Well, I have two options for t- today's banter. We can oh. we can we can discuss American Gods if you guys have seen it. Um, no, I can't yet. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Or we could discuss my kids digging through a uh, a big dirt pile full of glass. Did you say dirt pile full of glass? Yeah, broken glass. Yeah. Yeah, let's okay, do that. Yeah, well, it, it's not a huge amount to tell, except that it, it's kind of cool because when I was a kid, my friends and I had found this this big pile of dirt where for for decades people have been dumping their garbage before there was like garbage pickup or you know before there mm. were you know humans on Earth. You know, as we <laughs> dug into, it, we kept finding you know cool glass. You know, you'd find these uh, really neat blue glass bottles and green glass and. And all these really exotic things that you know date back to the 1920s, 30s, things like that. So it was, it was. I, I, I at one time had a whole shelf of different bottles that was kind of my like my alchemy lab. This was, of course, when I was like, you know, 10 or 12 years old, and mm. uh, before before I even knew about necromancy because that that came a little bit later. <laughs> so my my kids a little my, bit, my kids got really excited because down at the at the far end of our our clearing where our our yurt is, they found uh, a place where people used to dump class. And so um, they, they, they've started to dig there and they're, they're digging up bottles and stuff like that. And it's like, and, and it just occurred to me that it's like, I'm a different kind of parent. I mean, it, most places <laughs> that you go to, you'd have to say, it's like, uh, what your kids do today? Oh, oh you know, he, he, he played softball and, you know, tossed a Frisbee around with his friends, went swimming down the park. What's yours do? Uh, they dig through a pile of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um. Is that safe? No, not really. He got my son got cut once, but you know it wasn't big, it wasn't deep enough to get stitches, so I, you know, threw some super glue on it and it's fine now. But he's yeah, put, we used to do stuff like that all the time, yeah. though. Like, yeah, dig through too. random piles for fake dinosaur bones that were actual like just sticks. Oh yeah, yeah, like, in the ground. <laughs> I used to steal my dad's paintbrushes and go out there like freaking Doctor Grant and Doctor Sadler yeah. oh, and yeah, just start sure. like brushing dirt away from this freaking rock. I had a briefcase. <laughs> for that i had hey. I, I, I had picked up a briefcase at a landfill my my dad used to take me to the dump and, and that was my, my favorite time because i used to find all kinds of cool stuff there so i found this briefcase yeah. you know thinking back it was probably like <laughs> from a drug dealer that had like gone bad and yeah the guy was killed oh, yeah. the, hey, there used to be the 10 million dollars right. held right, in right. it <laughs> and a nine millimeter it's a, it's a uh, <laughs> uh it, it, it's a um Quentin Tarantino film gone, you know, remnant, but um, gone right, or yeah, maybe right. Depends on your point of view. This would be like this would be like the end after credit scene, you know, after a Quentin Tarantino movie. The you know kid finds this 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 briefcase that was so important oh, yeah. to the plot, and it's like now well, now he's using it to uh, to uncover did, dinosaur bones. Was Marcellus <laughs> Wallace's soul in there? Uh, yeah, when probably. He originally picked it up. Yeah, that would make sense. No, the other thing yeah. we used to dig for too, though, was we used to build clubhouses, and. You know, you know, we had no money, of course. So we used to dig through these ash piles because at the time people would burn, um, you know, any wood they could get. <laughs> you know, this was during the Depression, and so they they would yep. you know burn pallets and stuff like that, and and the nails would be left behind. So when they dumped the ashes out of their furnace, 
you know, you have this big ash pile, but you have all these nails in it. And that was like gold to us. You know, we'd, we'd take out the nails and we'd spend like an entire day just, you know, use, using two rocks to straighten the nails <laughs> and then put them aside, straighten the nails, put them aside. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was our life as a kid. There was a big giant construction site <clears throat> across the street from where I lived when I was a kid. And I spent a majority of my childhood in that construction site, mm-hmm. like... Just if the, if my parents knew that the shenanigans I was getting up to over there, like, oh, my God, they would just have a heart attack. It was like we were building like um, plastic surfboards out of PVC pipe cut in half and surfing them down hills and like playing yeah. on the on the equipment. And at one point we we found a bunch of discarded mm-hmm. like piping and like even the big like, um, you know, those big like they're, they're like these big ribbed black pipes that they do underground oh, yeah, wiring yeah. with yeah, the drain, the drain you can like pipes, fit yeah. inside of them yeah oh yeah we stole a bunch of that because we were going to film our own version of mystery science theater 3000 oh, and sure. we needed we needed that to build the set and uh so <laughs> cut to 12 year old me and my friends rolling like four lengths of this black pipe bigger than we are down the sidewalk back to our friend's house to build a set in the garage that is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah it was a lot of fun i have so many good memories of that place but uh Oh yeah, <laughs> we think I'm surprised I'm still alive. Oh, for sure. We we did for one of our clubhouses. We wanted a secret way in because we we were kind of at war with another neighborhood. But so we had to have a secret way to get into our clubhouse. Now the clubhouse was above ground, but we dug a tunnel, and you know, in, oh in, in, inspired oh, by yeah. like movies like The Great Escape and stuff like that. You know, so right, right. We, we we had dug this tunnel and we, and we had lined it with pieces of wood that we'd, we we wedged in there and a little piece on top and and we so we had this tunnel that you could you could we had a a piece of plywood over the entrance and then we put sod on top of that so you couldn't see it and oh uh, yeah so and we, we had to crawl like like twenty yards to get to it but <laughs> that's amazing and we anyone was going to die just by just by a collapse you know just, oh yeah <laughs> skeleton oh. still oh, down gosh. there <laughs> that's that's that thought that frequently crosses my mind though is god how am i still alive you know and and we never <clears throat> my friends and i never really jumped into any construction sites because i don't think there were many around us but like we were always just running around and hanging out in neighbors yards and like jumping fences oh, yeah. and st- yeah and it was it was one of those things where like my parents would be arrested now like if we did that now <laughs> like you're not watching your kid man your kid is causing hell for all the neighbors but w- one of these things though Matt you mentioned a construction site there was this construction yeah. site in Bremerton when i was a kid mm-hmm. and, and my grandmother used to live there uh off of Sylvan Way and those like half built apartment complexes that yes. don't have windows yet and stuff like that yep. is the best playground construction oh site God. yeah ever because that's a fortress but you can get into that like you can't keep oh, kids yeah. out of that stuff absolutely mm-hmm. i think um the best oh, just the best thing ever was they were finally getting getting foundations put in for houses and so they had they had these trenches built um, for the wiring and the piping and stuff that they were going to put in and the trenches like just crisscrossed all throughout the the construction site and we had oh. just the best game of war oh, yeah. of all time Dude, yes. we were all in our like army surplus fatigues with <laughs> yes. our like wood with our wooden <laughs> rifles and it's pouring down rain and we're like crawling through the like ankle deep mud like mustard gas like just having the best time of our lives <laughs> Oh, I yeah. got trench mouth. <laughs> oh, we used to use bottle rockets to fire at each other. That was oh, that was yeah. that was our weapon of choice. Oh yeah, you know we we, we oh it's like a tracer, man. It's like a tracer yeah. round at night too. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you, you know, you find a piece of pipe, you know, copper or something like that, and then you slide like a you know one of those old style bicycle handles over it, and that's your handle for it. And then you just you know you light it, you toss it in, you point it, and you know that yeah. that is a brilliant. <laughs> oh shut like thing to come up with as a child that is like absolutely yep exactly (laughs) matt is that construction site playing trench warfare where you got shot with a slingshot yes that was the same time i got shot in the face with a slingshot and we were also we had our we had our bb guns and we had a two pump rule where you could only pump the bb gun two two times because then it hurt just a little bit but not too bad but dude these sons of bitches were always doing four or five pumps and you could tell too when you got hit it was like oh that was not two pumps well, and you hear it, click, click, 
and then yeah. a few seconds goes by. Yeah. Click, click. That was, you know, that was definitely it's, four pumps. You know, it's funny. So many people, you know, are trying to, you know, make it like, oh, back in the old days, it was like Huck Finn. It's like, no, it's like Lord of the Flies. This yeah. is not Huck Finn. <laughs> it really it's like, is. It's just pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Kids these days in their mystery science theater. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to take over this episode? Who is the master, do you think, of the topic at hand? Well, I don't think there's anyone who's a master of it. But I'll be willing to give it yeah. a shot. Ooh, you should. You should. All right. I'm out of control today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm feeling silly. <laughs> Sassy. Yeah. So, um, uh, without and and just to show you how edgy I am, I'm not even going to do a segue. Today, oh my we're God. talking about oh. tieflings. All right. We're talking about tieflings. Tieflings are one of the newer uh, races in in D and D. Relative. When was that added? That was in. Was that added in fourth, fourth edition? edition? I fourth think. edition, I think. Well, yeah. so I, I, I think don't know they were actually added edition, so. in in third edition in a splat book, but they were in right, the core right. book in fourth edition. So they're relatively yeah. new in 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 D and D terms, and so totally. Uh, uh, but to me, they're one of the most interesting um, uh, races to make because they are they're just really rich for backstory development, you know, because yeah. they're, they're part demon. I mean, they. they They've got to have a backstory. There's a story behind that somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you know. So anyway, welcome to Roll Up and Die, your definitive podcast. My name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog, and my name is Barker, and my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. <laughs> that went pretty good. It did. That's Although, it. I'm really impressed. Yeah, except I don't think we can do it in that order because after I say Alex, aka Captain Gothnog, I'm Barker. It just sounds kind of flat. It's like. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. Wait, yeah, you're yeah, like the, it, it the, makes... the guy that's last in line to introduce himself during the Mouseketeers. <laughs> I'm Barker. Or, or like Gilligan's Island and the rest, you know. Like... And the rest. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> oh. Poor oh, professor. So, yeah. So we're talking about tieflings today. And uh, uh, I hope we do more of these because I, the, the, we, we had discussed either doing tieflings or uh, Dragon Ball. Both are interesting. But the thing I like about tieflings is that... Like I said, they're they're part demon, and so no matter what, there's going to be an interesting backstory there, you know. Whether it's even if they don't know their origins, there's going to be some interest in in how they were treated, how they were raised. You know, they, they're they're going to be shunned by most civilized peoples in 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 so many different places. Unless you're, you know, you're talking someplace really um, has to. I mean, it has to be seriously diverse to a lot. You know, to say, oh, look, it's a demon. That's interesting. Um, so yeah. no kidding. Oh, it's just one of them demons over there. So what, that's all right. So how have you guys used tieflings in your games? Well, first of all, have you either of you ever played a tiefling? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't. We're about I... to lose all our credibility, by the way. <laughs> oh man. Hang on. I D think um, all our ethos is, out the what window. What is this? D and D. I've never played D and D. What is that? D and D. Do not disturb. Is that what it means? Um, I have. I don't think I've ever played a tiefling. I've. I've rolled up a few tieflings before, but mm. um, I don't think I've ever played a tiefling character, and that's that's me just now realizing mm. that. I think I've played everything else, but I've never played a tiefling before. Mm-hmm. What about yeah, you, I'm the same way. I, I don't think I've ever played a tiefling, and I think a lot of that is because I haven't always liked them, mm. yeah. and it's only recently when I realized that anything can be liked in the right circumstances yeah. that mm. I, that I, that they've grown on me for sure. Yeah, totally. I'm in the, I'm in the same camp with tieflings as I am with dragonborn when, where they first came out, I was like, no, I don't like it. It's new and different, but I've since, Get I've since very much come around on them because like you're saying, Barker, like you can like anything in the right context. And like, mm. if you, if you take dragonborn and tieflings and you make them your own, just like you would an elf or a dwarf, then they can be really cool and, and, and interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you can look at them as, uh, you know, there's nothing to them, or you can look at them and say, they're a blank slate. I can make these whatever I want. You know, I can put exactly, this anywhere in my yeah. world. There's no preconceived notions of what of what they are, you know. Uh, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a basic idea of how they came into existence, but you don't have to stick to that. You know, may, maybe they started out as, as the unholy spawn of some, you know, demonic uh, coupling, but uh, now maybe, maybe they've sort of begun to develop on their own and their their own culture. So there's a lot of things you can kind of kind of do with them. Um apart from playing them, have you have you ever made featured them as like a main character even, like a, a NPC or uh, even a big bad guy maybe. There's a tiefling NPC in my homebrew world of Aranoth named Terran Darkwind mm-hmm. who is like the main <clears throat> sort of storyteller in the in the world and like um 
he's part of this like very famous like uh, old adventuring party he he's got this magical sword and he's sort of this legendary figure and uh like in all of the Aronoff books that I've published with Absolute Tabletop, there was always like quotes from him. He's almost like an Elminster type character oh, nice. where he's like he's like the expert on Aronoffian mm-hmm. lore. And so he, you know, he's like, oh, I'll tell you about this, this and I've got a story about everything. And you can hear um, his voice on your videos, too. If you go to Fistful yeah. of Dice, you know, you if you go to mm-hmm. uh, like the Wayward Wanderer, you'll yeah. hear Terran yeah. Darkwind monologuing about the Wayward yeah, Wanderer. Yeah, I do the lore of Aronoth videos and it's always fr- Terran Darkwind is telling the story or recounting <laughs> the history of things. So he's sort of an important yeah. figure in my world. Um, <clears throat> and I sort of intentionally did that because I'm like, I'm going to try to make a tiefling an important likable character mm-hmm. so that I'm then forced to include them in my world and come up with a cool way for them to be introduced. Yeah. Um, now, do you think that there are, like, when you introduce a tiefling, uh, to my mind, there's kind of two ways to do it, uh, two basic ways. One is to either have their birth the result of some sort of event for their mother, you know, uh, the result right. of some ritual, the result of some, uh, you know, assault, that sort of thing. Or it could be sort of a, a, like kind of like a recessive gene where, you know, every now and then this this family has this demonic blood in their past, and every now and then a tiefling will be born to a normal right. human family, and it both can be interesting, you know, because either I like that a lot. Yeah, because I mean, either if they're born to a, a a normal family, then you know that 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 could either be a sign of, you know, something bad. You know, this is a curse. You know, the the curse is shown up, so, right. so they they keep them locked in the attic for twenty years or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. making for interesting character development. Or maybe they're a boon. Maybe there's there's some sort of um, honor and respect to it. Maybe they decide that, hey, this is uh, this is a good thing that, that we have this. You know, we have this special magical yeah. blood in us, that kind of thing. So it can be, you know, there's a lot of ways you can play that. I was yeah, going to kind of hold sure. off on this until later in the in the episode, mm. but, I, but I think I'll bring it up now because yeah. that kind of reminded me. Um, I, I've had trouble with tieflings in NKS, so I'm really excited to hear about Matt, I know that you've like cre- uh, struck some gold in terms of where tieflings sit in Aronoth. Mm. Uh, so I'm excited to listen kind of uh, to your perspective and, and maybe get some yeah. help from you guys. But one of the things I like the idea of is that a tiefling, like you said earlier, Alex, is mm. kind of an ostracized individual. Yeah. You know, you're a demon. Like people don't really like you unless they're a tiefling or unless they're another ostracized individual who gets it. Right. Um, but you know what's really dangerous? If tieflings g- all gathered under one banner, oh yeah, tiefling for sure. is a race that it's it's there's there's they're rare for a reason, you know. And when can you imagine just an army of tieflings wielding just their infernal magic in just a myriad of different ways, attacking some sort of fortress? It's it's kind of one of those. It's I want that in my world. I like that idea where tieflings have a more pronounced role, but. Maybe and it makes them maybe even more feared than they were yeah. before, right? So that would be more like, you know, there, there was this blood introduced in the past, and then they then the race sort of continued on on its own. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Maybe you know, I was thinking at first that there's this heinous sort of method mm-hmm. of obtaining magical power, and uh. it's basically the the, 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 <clears throat> the way I would describe it is like magical fracking. These people in Durakis, which is this country, um, are pulling the magic out of the world and, oh, and, yeah. and harnessing it in an unnatural way. And the area that they're pulling it out of is just dead. And not only is it dead, it will suck the life out of you if you stand on it because mm-hmm. it, it's almost like a, a dry sponge that has water dripping in it. It will suck that energy out of you because it wants it for itself. And, and this, this spot on the earth is spreading where they keep pulling out the magic. Oh, nice. So it's almost like this doomsday thing. I like the idea that this direct contact with magic is what has created the tieflings. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure if that, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's that's as far as I have gone. Well, I like that. Yeah, that is cool. Another option would be if if a god cursed a people. Like there was this group of people that, you know, maybe rejected their god for some reason that they... They went through hard times. There was a great disaster, that kind of thing. And they basically gave their God the finger. And and so uh, their God nice. cursed them, turning them all into these half demons, you know, these tieflings. And so you could do it something like that too, where they they're they're the sort divine. of this yeah, they're sort of living this this penance, this this punishment for, 
you know, abandoning their their deity. Yeah, mm. that's cool. I definitely like that a lot. Uh, I think it was around the time that I was working on the the big map for Aronoff, and I was um I was working with Nate uh, from WASD twenty, and he was he was doing the map for me. And I came up with this thing called the Fiend Gate that is like this big, giant stone doorway that's in this jungle in the south of Aranoth. And I put it there because I thought it sounded cool, like Fiend Gate. You know, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And there's a big, like you know, mega big giants. Yeah, just a big giant stone doorway that you can see in this massive jungle. And I decided that at some point in the somewhat recent past, like in the last few centuries, um, there was this fiendish invasion like the doorway all of a sudden just opened this sort of portal you know the, the doorway has always been there like people live around it mm. and all of a sudden the doorway opens and fiends just start spilling out of it and there's this um there's this particular fiend uh called chiron the devil queen who comes through and is basically like hey uh i'm just gonna squat here for a few centuries and the people <laughs> in this jungle called keld are like uh okay and so she basically like enslaves everyone in the jungle and just hangs out in Aranoth for like a few centuries. And there's a few like rebellions and like wars against her, but she just keeps smacking them down. And eventually it takes the involvement of this organization called the Convocation, which are like the Jedi Knights in my world. They ride on griffins. They're, you know, super awesome. They fly <laughs> down and kick her, kick her ass back to hell. Um, but while she was there... There was all this time with all these devils and devilish beings just hanging out in the material plane. And it led to the proliferation of tieflings mm. who are in my world. They are descended from a coupling of a fiendish creature and a mortal creature. So yeah. it could have been an elf, could have been a gnome, could have been a human, whatever. The tieflings are the <clears> result <throat> of that. And so... In my world of Aranoth, tieflings are new. Like, there mm. are elves that are alive that remember a time before tieflings existed. So mm. it's kind of a big deal that the tieflings are there, and they're sort of like literally new kids on the block. Like, you see a tiefling, you're like, oh, that's a tiefling. Like, I've I've heard about them, but I've never <laughs> seen one in person. And so they're, they're sort of scary. And at the same time, because they were sort of introduced in this sort of occupation— they don't have their own space. There's not like a tiefling city or, you know, a tiefling tribe necessarily. Mm. They're, they just kind of are all over the place because they, you know, they they originated in Keld, this jungle. But then they, they're kind of wandering around trying to find their place. And so I like the idea of occasionally you'll just see one or a couple of them or, you know, a small clan of them sort of, you know, trying to survive together. Um and no one is outright hostile towards them, but they're definitely a very strange and new thing in Aranoth. Oh, neat! Now, yeah. now can now that can they cool. reproduce in your world? Is it is it? Yes. Or, are they, or are they eventually going to die out? Yeah, they can reproduce. <clears throat> so, uh, if uh, the way I have it is, it's basically it's called well, it's um, it's called derogatorily the taint because it is it, you can pass it on if a tiefling pairs mm -hmm. with a tiefling or a tiefling pairs with any other creature there is potential that the taint will be passed on. Right. Um, but it's essentially just, it's a, <laughs> I sort of have it at this point, like balding, like baldness, like, like your dad's bald. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gene. Exactly. Right, right, like, right. like if, if you're, if your dad's a tiefling, but your grandpa's not, you'll be like, well, maybe I'll take after my grandpa and I won't be, you know, I'm not going to yeah. be a tiefling. Maybe it won't be um, tiefling. but I just, I like the idea that yes, it is something that can be passed on, but it is, yeah it's blood it's genetics it's 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 much less sort of magical in nature mm -hmm. mm. yeah in, in my world i decided to have them because they, they do tend to be rare in my world i don't have a lot of people playing them so i just kind of keep them rare and so i just generally have it where they're all unique and not only are they all you know uh brought about in a unique way but they all look unique too they, they don't all have the same type of horns they don't have the same type of features some have tails some oh, don't cool. you know it really depends on the type of demon that that uh that spawned them and uh one of my favorite examples was uh in <clears throat> in one of the more recent campaigns there were two players who decided they wanted to play tieflings and that seemed really sort of improbable to me that, you know, that you have two tieflings in the same party because they're kind of rare in right. my world. Yeah. And so, okay, so I talked to them and, and we just, we came up with this sort of, uh, they had a, they had a backstory. They were both half brothers and they, Ooh, they were cool. both, they were both, they had, their mother had been, they, both of their mothers had been part of a ritual uh, by this cult who was trying to summon this demon and they, they were trying to summon it like th through the mother, th through these mothers who are pregnant. 
And so they kept performing the rituals. And when it didn't work, they would they would like kill the mother and toss her aside. Kill you know, and, and they'd keep going through this. And eventually, the city found out about this cult, and they broke in and, and raided the place. Basically, killed the cultists, and they found that some of the mothers were actually were still alive. They they had survived this this you know this, uh, and they were just you know in this room with all these other bodies, and the two children who survived were these two children. And so um, it ended up becoming a, a very key part of the campaign where other, other groups of these cultists were now after these two tieflings because of their blood, because their blood had, you know, uh, part of this demonic blood that they could use in their rituals. And so uh, it, it ended up evolving into this whole, you know, campaign point. You yeah. know? That's really neat. I that's love that. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, that that's reminds the kind of fleshed out uh, stuff I need. Yeah, well, that reminds me of Hellboy, like the the idea of <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Uh, the you know the good guys coming upon these demonic creatures and being like, oh, well, you know, what are these? And sort of them being raised uh, essentially as humans, right, Alex? But yeah. being very, very different. Yeah, and I guess that's how you kind of want to think about it too. Is are they, you know, how much uh, how much demon do they have in them? You know, do you want yeah. do you want them to, do you want your tieflings to be more demonic? Or do you want them to be humans who are kind of struggling with this demonic side, and and they don't they don't want to be demonic, you know they yeah they 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 don't like that side of themselves, but they have to cope with it, you know. So yeah, and and you know you can leave that up to the players too, because uh, you know how the players want to play it can make a big difference in in you know what direction it takes, and it can you know even help things evolve in your own world. Yeah, I I sort of have it in my mind, and I don't know if I'll ever do something with this, but. It's just sort of one of those things where it's like, you know, how you have those ideas where you're like, that'd be cool. Like, and you just kind of keep it in the back of your mind. Uh-huh. I have it in my head that if Chiron, the devil queen ever came back, that she would be able to influence all of the tieflings in Aronoff oh, and be able to be sort cool. of like turn them against people and uh, uh, somewhat take control of them and sort of they're a bunch of like sleeper agents. They're like Cylons in mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica, right. where if Chiron ever comes back, she can just <clears> flip a switch and be like, all right. Conquest started. They're all over the place. Like I just sort of hung out in hell for a few centuries and let tieflings just proliferate, you know, Aranoth. And now I'm just oh. taken over again. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with yeah. that, but I think that'd be kind of neat. How would you handle that if if you had a player who was a tiefling? Because that that that, oh, that then it's kind of like yeah, you know, you kind of paint in the corner. I would do something like. Um, I would have it be some sort of save that they had to make every day, mm. and I would maybe make it a quest for them to find some sort of like uh, magneto helmet that they could wear right. to, nice. to to keep out the influence. You know, some sort of amulet or or magical sure. item that they could wield that would make them immune to her influence, and that would be kind of a big guiding thing for the party because they're like, "Listen, like you're a friend. We don't want you to succumb to the you know the wills of this devil queen." Also, we don't want you to kill us in our sleep, so we're gonna like help you find this this artifact so we can get you back to you know to one hundred percent here. Always a good thing not to be killed in your sleep. Yeah, always a good thing. <laughs> well, I, I love the idea of like the magneto helmet too. I, yeah. I really the magic magic items serve as a great glue for anything. Oh, mm. totally. And like, if someone's like, "Why does this helmet exist?" You'd just be like, "I don't know." Like a convoker wore it when they were fighting the Devil Queen a hundred years ago. Like that, it's just, it's just a magic thing, man. I don't it's know. a magic thing. Shut up. It's, exactly. a, it's a magic thing. Because magic. <laughs> because magic. <laughs> Ding. My tiefling experience can be summed up in one character, mm-hmm. and that is Nymeria Forest Walker in the Winds of Sursaline, yeah. who's played by Cassie mm-hmm. from Porch Pottery. Uh, does awesome ceramic work, by the way. You should really check her out. Um, she <laughs> runs this, she plays this character just excellently, and it has opened my mind into what a tiefling can be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sh- uh, this tiefling loves nature, uh, is a druid, and, and so it makes me think that I kind of want my tieflings to have that sort of freedom, uh. that player agency to be like, you know what, no, I, I'm going to choose this path. And so... Like, if, if I asked you to give me an elevator pitch right now, Tieflings and Enkea, based on everything you know about them right now, like, what would you, what route would you take? Hmm. Well, if, 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 you, if you like the idea Help. of them loving nature, then then maybe that's something they've longed for. So maybe, um, uh, maybe the Tieflings were cursed and, and banished to the Primaterial Plane. You know, to become part human. Maybe they weren't. A, maybe they weren't a product of a mating, but maybe they were demons who were, 
uh, started some sort of uprising on another plane and were banished to your world. And Ew. they uh, they they never knew plants and greenery and all these other things, and they simply fell in love with it. it they, they've never seen that yeah. much life and joy and happiness. And it, and it sort of not only anchors them to the prime, which is their new home, but also helps them sort of heal, you know, uh, uh, their maybe heal some of their wounds and even keep themselves uh, from from reverting to their sort of bestial, uh, demonic origins, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. Like that there's maybe, a, uh, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's something for you to look at. Barker is, um, in the magic, the gathering setting of Zendikar, uh, mm-hmm. the vampires in that setting are sort of reminiscent of what you're talking about. Um, the vampires are, they're not, they're not traditional vampires. They it's sort of more of a Cthulhu thing where way, way back in their heritage, they were influenced by these Lovecraftian creatures and developed a, um, a need for blood, not for the blood itself, but for the magical energy that was in that blood. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So they are very much, they remind me of tieflings more so than vampires. And there's sort of two different tribes of vampires. One of them have turned away <clears throat> from the influence of their sort of Lovecraftian, uh, progenitors and the other ones are just sort of like cultists for their for their whims but they live in the forests and the swamps and they're like very tied to the natural magic of the world so they're like druids and rangers more so than you know wizards and warlocks and i just think that's really interesting so maybe tying their origin to the natural magic of the world and i think that sort of works with what you were doing with the um, the magical fracking, the arcane fracking of of, yeah. of that progenitor race that you have, tying them to that, you know, accomplishes two things. You've got a cool race that is tied to sort of the origin of your world, really, which is a cool thing. And also it makes sense why they would be so attuned to nature and natural magic. I like that a lot. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think I'm sold on that now because <laughs> part of me was thinking, hey, NK is connected to the rest of Arbitron, so maybe these tieflings just, you know, in seeking a new home, just walked on over from Aranoth. You know, that'd be a yeah. cool little connector piece. Right. But then I'm, you know, I'm thinking, mm, I, I, I think, I think there's, there's too much that you guys have already said that's super inspirational and unique. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. No, I like it too. And if if you're interested in more, like, check out some of the Zendikar stuff because the vampires in Zendikar, are like. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite like like takes on a fantasy race I've ever seen. Like they're just very different and unique from you know traditional vampires. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at them right now. Really cool. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, so maybe we should think about taking a question. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. A question uh, from the right. listeners. Yeah. So let me look. Um, uh, lots and lots of twos. Uh, to be fair, we did get the post up a little bit late, so... We did. We, we just like to chance. keep people on their toes. We chose that on purpose. <laughs> exactly. We chose this. Exactly. I mean, we get a lot of responses, but uh, not, not a lot of... You uh, chose this, listeners! <laughs> this is you your fault. You expect this. <laughs> Whatever we say next, it's your fault. Um, <laughs> oh, take no. responsibility for it. No, uh, all right. So I guess I'll just uh, pick one at random sort of thing. Richard, Richard, <laughs> Richard Hume says, Why are tieflings the best race of all time? <laughs> I, I I can't answer that. I it's I can't answer that it's, either. I, I, it's true. They're plug but... and play, super plug and play. You can do them. <laughs> yeah, they're modular. You can put them anywhere. You can you can come up with any backstory. We kind of they're kind of the same as gnomes in that regard, but I think even a little more so. More so, yeah, yeah because gnomes you could come up with a ba- with a a, a a backstory in your world that that makes them part of the world. Whereas tieflings are almost, uh, with a few exceptions, are almost inherently not part of the world. I guess. Because since, yeah, since they are, right. since they have that demonic heritage, that is so yeah. so close to the surface. Well, can I ask you a question then before we take the next sure. question? Does a tiefling have to be demonic? Like, do, does a tiefling so. have to have that tie to a demonic heritage hmm. to be a tiefling? Or like, is that thing when that thing when you remove it, is the race something completely different? <sighs> I I hope we disagree on this. I really I want to disagree. My role. I, I don't. <laughs> I I don't think (laughs) that they necessarily have to be fiendish, but Mm. I think that they have to be something otherworldly in order for them to still be tieflings. Right. Yeah. And I I was going to kind of use that that word exactly, the otherworldly, extra extra planar um, of of some kind. And certainly one that is is 
demon-like, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know that 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 there's kind of that quality to it that defines them. I mean, if you especially if you look at some of their abilities in fifth edition, where they have that. Uh, um, Oh, what's 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 that uh, that spell they can do as a as a reaction? Um, oh, uh, uh, is it fiendish rebuke or yeah, devilish rebuke? Fiendish rebuke, something rebuke. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you have this hellfire that they can they can respond with as a as a result of being attacked. So, you could come up with a, with a mythology, but it's going to be a lot more work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd, sure. you'd have to come up with a whole new almost, uh, you know planar mythology to, to to decide where they came from. Not that it's impossible. You could definitely no, do it. And, and maybe it's something I'll throw into the idea we can steal. Oh. Maybe mm. it is. I like it. All right. There's but, a uh, there's a question here that I want to answer oh, sure. because it's something yeah, that go for bothers it. me. Um, so Joshua O asks, is it tieflings or tieflings? It is tieflings. <laughs> like multiple people who work at Dungeons and Dragons and created the tieflings say tieflings and i have had multiple people comment on videos where i say tieflings and go god i hate it when people say tieflings tieflings and i'm like tiefling sounds dumb it's tieflings man isn't isn't tiefling how do you spell tiefling it's t-i-e-f-l that's that's all i needed to know it's tiefling yeah it's tieflings exactly exactly and it were e-i we'd have an argument right and because and because we are the definitive rpg podcast that's definitive Right there. We are that's put, right there. Putting Them's the, the facts. That's, that's in stone. Putting the lid. Putting the lid on the tieflings, tieflings debate. That is in stone. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's take one from Josh Glisson. Uh, do I need tieflings in my world? Or rather, uh, what am I missing out by not having them? I've played second and 3.5, but not fourth. And really not five, so uh, not familiar with them. Well, I think we kind of covered a little bit of this, you know, kind of explored what they are. Uh, but why do why does, does he need him? In, need why them? does he need him in there in his world? I say he doesn't. I say it's purely cosmetic. <laughs> I say if they fit nicely in your world, use them. But otherwise, if you feel like it, it just makes it turns your yeah. world a little bit upside down, or it turns it into something that you don't like, then they're easy to remove. Absolutely. Yeah. And the cool thing about tieflings is, if you don't want them in your world at all. You can not have them in your world, but if a player wants to play them, you can have it in because they're that unique. In other yeah. words, that may have only happened once ever, you know, so right. they can be a truly unique character in that case. So, you know, even if you don't have them in your world as part of your mythology or your or your setting, and if you have a player come along and say, oh, man, I really want to play a tiefling, you can allow it. Because that, that just means they're this unique character that this happened to, and you can come up with a a really awesome sort of backstory for him that, that, that explains it all. So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. You don't necessarily need them in your world. Um, but the cool thing about tieflings is that they're really, really easy to put in anywhere. And, and, you know, even if you only have one, that's, you know, you could do that. Do that right there. That's a good idea. Have one tiefling or very, very few. Yeah. 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 I, I think that like tieflings, no matter if you're a fan of them or not, they add an interesting thing to your world. There's no other race like tieflings. Like, you know, when we did our episode on gnomes, it was like, okay, how do you make gnomes different from halflings and dwarves? But tieflings, it's like, there's nothing else like tieflings. Like, they are a unique race, and if you add them to your world, they're going to be a unique race in your world. So, like, add them or don't, but you can't deny that they are different. Yeah, I I think so. All right. I I can agree with that. I just got to pick a question at random here because we'll do one more. Um, um, but it says, uh, tieflings are, favor- uh, are a favorite of mine. And due to their origins, they are dark and mostly lonesome beings. Nobody likes them for what they are. What would be subtle yet uh, dynamic ways to show this? I think, like, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but it would be interesting to, like... I don't know, like enter a town in like a dark fantasy setting. And you're like, I picture the PCs like riding on their horses through the mud and it's raining. Everyone's got their hoods up. And there's like three bodies hanging from uh, like a, 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 a like a bar or like a, a wooden. What, what am I thinking of? What's it? What's a freaking? Yes. Like a scaffolding or what's the gallows? gallows. Thank you, Barker. <laughs> like three Remember? bodies hanging from a gallows. This is the only time ever. 
where I've been in this position where I can help Matt with a word twice yeah, in one I episode. Know. I was blanking <laughs> hard on it. Um, but have three bodies hanging from a gallows, just swinging, swinging in the breeze, um, crows picking at them, and all three bodies they have, you see they have like curving horns on their head, and one oh. or two of them have tails kind of trailing down, and maybe there's like a sign in front of them that says like, you know, uh, uh, death to the know, infernal death, death to the infernals or death to the devils or whatever and oh, how you know yeah. the tiefling and the party go praise be we don't yeah yeah exactly oh, we don't really want to be in this town like that's <laughs> like a up like it's not subtle necessarily but it is kind of a like a dark way to show like ooh, maybe it's kind of dangerous to be a tiefling in certain areas you know depending on the because you're living in a fantasy world where mm. li- like sometimes like people literally wield the power of the gods yeah. so mm-hmm. having a character that is clearly of fiendish ancestry kind of goes against all of that yeah and, and it, on, on another note you could do it if you want to make tieflings out to be kind of the bad guys in this particular mm-hmm. regard you know if 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 a person is pushed far enough you know they maybe the three people hanging there are all humans that came into the forest to hunt the tieflings. And so Mm. the sign there says, you know, no outsiders, you know, or this is your fate, something along those lines. That's a really dramatic way to show that, Hey guys, something's not right here. Have you, have you guys ever, I know Matt, you've played the Witcher. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you have, but no, uh, the, one of the best parts of the Witcher. And if, if you can, you should check it out. Is it portrays a war really Mm. well. The world is at war. The countryside is torn apart. You know, Skyrim tries, but it's it's not very good. Mm -hmm. They don't portray that part really so well. So so well. So just showing people hanging there, like that'll that'll create a role play moment. Maybe one of the characters will want to cut them down and give them burials and such. That's a really dramatic way to do it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And you could do it in more subtle ways too, like something as subtle as a mother, like. You know, when you have a little child asking, Mommy, who's the, who's, the, who's the man with the horns? And she kind of pulls him aside and ducks down an alley or something. You know, that that sort of deal where, you know, um, maybe <clears throat> maybe you guys go, maybe the, the entire party goes into a tavern or a shop and the, the shopkeeper or tavern, own, tavern owner, you know, smiles at everyone else and they see, they see the tiefling and, and their face drops and say, uh, you know, they, they maybe they, maybe if they're lucky, they throw them a nod or something. But you know, yeah, th- th- there's there's an obvious sort of change in demeanor when the tiefling approaches. All right, so uh, we should make up an idea people can steal now. This 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 will be good. And what I'm thinking is that maybe we could make up an an atypical tiefling backstory. Not an entire race of tieflings. Not 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 a you know mythology for someone's world, but just an individual tiefling. Something. Uh, something atypical that you would think of, you know, with, you know, like all the things that we've sort of talked about, think of them as tropes. And we're going to try and, you know, step outside that trope and, and make, come up with a, a new uh, a new way to look at a tiefling, perhaps. So, yeah, uh, I, I have I have a die ready. So I will oh. uh, I will roll for this. You're going to roll up, man. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. So and I got halfway into that joke and realized I was in quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give me the 10 foot pole. All right, let me see here. And the first one is a three, which is Matt. Damn it. Okay. I'm really excited it's me because, oh, this is cool. This is a, Okay, this is a character that I have wanted to play for a long time, and I just haven't had the opportunity to. It is blatantly ripping off one of my favorite characters ever, but here we go. <clears throat> so this is a, a tiefling that was raised by the clergy. He was found on their doorstep or he was brought to the church for cleansing and purging. And one of the monks took pity on him, took mercy on the child. Mm -hmm. And he was raised as a as a scholar. And I think that he was brought up to be um, a champion for good and a champion for justice and I think that now that he's grown and he's an adult, he is now a lawful, good tiefling paladin. Oh, oh. I like that. All right. <clears throat> here, roll dice here. Dang it. And I will pretend it's me. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies. 
Dude, the power, right, Alex? I the know. Power. I was sensing that. I, was like, I know. Holy shit, this, I could make this anyone. This is oh awesome. My God. So, <laughs> no, but what I was thinking is, it, again, I was inspired by by your Hellboy reference. And uh, maybe as, as part of what he does, he disguises himself. Maybe he's literally, you know, cut off his horns and and he yeah. he 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 make you know he he uses uh, alchemical uh, uh, pigments to to stain his skin a different color, you know maybe maybe he's he's trying so desperately to fit in he uses makeup and masks and and you know wears a hat or a hood all the time to try and make himself not tiefling, you know he des- yeah. he's desperately trying to hide uh, that aspect of himself. Oh, that's awesome. And hang on, let me check who's last here. <clears throat> uh, Attican? No, no, that's sorry, that's Barker. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, wrong number. It gets confusing. It does. Yeah. Um, so we've got a paladin tiefling, mm-hmm. lawful good, right? According to the the D and D terminology, who does not want to be known to be a tiefling. Correct. Right. Yes. And so I like the idea that there's an inquisition going on, and that there are people who know that um, there are otherworldly people where they shouldn't belong. Mm-hmm. And this person is always being hunted by this external threat. Maybe it's like a secret police or a, a single marshal who will catch and capture and kill all tieflings. Um, and maybe it's the character's friend, right? Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or, or something like that. Something where, where it kind of puts the, the character that you're talking about at odds with this other authority figure and uh but this this you know if this if we're talking about a character then this player character would have to go on these missions still uh despite the threat uh if we're talking about a storyline maybe this tiefling comes up to the characters and says hey i need your help to solve this mission but i cannot be found out i love that that is that is cool i like that a lot yeah um what i'd like to do is try something a little bit different maybe go around one more time and this time, what I'd like to do is is to build on this a bit, and now look at it from the other side, and um, think about how he's treated by the outside world. You, you already sort of hinted at this inquisition that, that that's happening, and that's kind of a good starting point. So uh, maybe maybe do something like that and figure out what is what you know. We we kind of have his internal sort of ideas and and his motivations, but now and and, and his origin, but what is the world around him? What is their reaction to it? I like that. So that's awesome. Uh, Barker this time. Okay, I, I I like the idea that it's that there's been some sort of occult activity that is linked with an infernal god, and that has people scared, and that is why anybody with any ties to the infernal is being kind of investigated. Even even humans or, you know, maybe perhaps a half-elf is wearing the wrong amulet because, you know, his or her mother gave it to her uh, before she died, and so now she's burned at the stake or something like that mm-hmm. or, or attempt to be captured. So maybe there's <clears throat> this, this, it's this constant battle against fear itself instead of just these, you know, inqu- inquisitors. Nice. All right, let's see. Uh, all right, we'll go. Tiefling with... thing was an inside job. Tiefling <laughs> thing was an inside job. <laughs> all right, Matt. Um, so again, drawing inspiration from Hellboy, one of my favorite scenes in Hellboy Two is when he he saves this baby, this human infant, and he like, I mean, he's fighting monsters and protecting this baby at the same time. And when the fighting's finally over, and he hands the baby off to the mother and says it's okay he's fine and the mom like snatches him away and just like runs away she's terrified of hellboy and she just thinks that he's just another monster i love the idea of this character saving a town or you know saving a person from monsters you know he's a paladin he's a monster hunter but he's a monster himself and i love the idea of him saving a town or saving some like a traveling merchant from monsters and the people running away because they just assume that he's another monster. Like, oh, no, yeah. there's still one of them, you know, and kind of running away. And, like, how would he react to that? And, like, how mm. would that make him feel? And it's, I mean, it's got to be, being a monster hunter is already got to be a pretty thankless <laughs> job. But, like, <laughs> yeah. being a monster hunter who's also part monster, <laughs> like, come on. 
Yeah, it depends where you put the comma. It depends where you put the comma. A monster hunter, yeah. a monster hunter. All right. Yeah. That's, and pretty sure that's me. So, um, well, to, to, I like putting twists on things. So maybe maybe kind of a twist. And this has more to do with, with the way the, the, the storyline would generally go. But it would be kind of cool to, you know, if if this tiefling is, is then sort of captured by this Inquisition, he's found out and and he's and he's captured and maybe he's sentenced to death because you know they rip off his his hat or his helmet or whatever and they find these stubs of horns and they say you know demon must be executed and uh. and then maybe the town after seeing all the wonderful things that he's done and they cut they kind of come to realize that he's not a bad guy that right. he has helped them and, he, and they, they kind of you know he saved this baby and maybe he did other good things for them while while they thought he was just human or you know maybe deformed or something like that but they come to realize that and they all sort of come out to you know uh to stand up for him and to stop his you know his execution i love uh, that that'd that's be a, awesome it'd be a cool you know kind of finish to a story arc you know yeah climactic point for sure yeah yeah definitely that's really cool um yeah so um that's an idea you can steal thank you you know you're welcome oh. Um, <laughs> they're they allowed to steal that? Dang it. Indeed. Copyright, roll up and die, and you. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, well, anyway, thank you for listening to Roll Up and Die, your definitive uh, RPG podcast. Uh, my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And my name is Barker, Lord of all the mankind in the universes. And my name is Matt from Fist of Dice. Matt, and... see that last bit? That just sounded a little, <laughs> felt a little flat. I, yeah. I don't know what it was. I, I think it absolutely was flat. What you've just listened to has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2017. How official. The games, films, TV shows, and other stuff we talked about during this episode are the properties of their respective owners, so be sure to borrow nicely, okay? Any snippet, portion, clip, or other synonym for part of this show can absolutely be used in other media so long as credit is given to the Roll Up and Die podcast. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt can be found at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker can be found at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at www.absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG under Critical Hit Publishing. Be sure to keep track of us on iTunes at rollupanddie.podbean.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, everybody, and as always, happy gaming.